Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Shah McCain, a forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern-day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Shah introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as staff pick. And now for your host, Shaw McCain. Hello everybody, this is Shaw McCain, and the host of the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. And I am very happy tonight to introduce our featured speaker. His name is Kurt Maine. He was born in Oakland, California. He attended Oakland High, and at some point during his senior year in high school, he had a life-changing encounter with a being he had at that time called Catfish. It occurred on a beautiful summer night in Oakland Hood, and proof positive there is no such thing as a neighborhood where these beings will not go into. This led to a, a life of night terrors, fears of uh, heights, as well as claustrophobic tendencies. And at some point uh, be- during and before this catfish encounter. He was on a date in San Francisco where he walked into a nightmarish experience in what he soon found out was a satanic store in the North Beach area, and it drastically affected his life. And he called a darkness boat from hell, came down and went straight through him while he was standing in the middle of the store. And to this day, just what it brought into his life, it remains a question. And then he remarried in the 80s, and then uh, things began to resurface into his mind, and he tried hypnotherapy several different occasions. And he said that hypnotherapy did help him with his night terrors and helped him actually resurface some of his, uh, uh, what he called his catfish being memories. And then uh, he got remarried, and his then wife passed away. And then she were, said, as one of her parting words is, "I hope the little guys didn't give this to me," which is quite a dramatic thing for somebody to say. And uh, I felt bad when I was reading that that uh, poor thing that she had to worry about that. And um, anyway, without further ado, I'm welcoming Kurt Maine. To our radio show, you're live, Kurt. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Shar? Very good, very good. Um, it's really strange when I was actually reading the ending of that because I have had, as you have, many bizarre experiences, and some of them medical. And at one point recently, I was actually in one of those tubes. You know where they take your uh, X-rays, they call them the MI, whatever they're doing, they X-ray your whole body and they put you in a tube, right? Mm-hmm. And while I, and while I was in there, they were actually tuning in with all these different tunes, and I, I felt so bad. And what I said to the aliens in my mind, and I didn't say it out loud, of course. I said, you know, this is an all new low blow. I'm sick all enough already without being in here. Then you're bugging me while I'm in here. It was. Very extraordinary the different kind of uh, tunes in my ears that uh, they were using. So, do you hear those little tunes or whatever and unlock your ears? Well, first of all, they were probably healing you. It, it, it probably wasn't 
wasn't bad. Um, and bear in mind, hmm. I, I'm not a goody two shoes abductee. I'm not. I'm not a. <laughs> I call them goody two shoes. There's good and bad, like there is in everything, and uh, some are good and, and some are bad. As far as the ringing in the ear as well, I've got them 24 seven. I've had them all my life. Um, hmm. I don't. It may be tinnitus, but I don't think it is. A lot of abductees have it. It's just a ringing, and it gets more severe at certain times, um, where where it's literally maddening, um, and, and then it goes away. So I've had the ringing. I had one thing happen that's just kind of akin to what you're talking about. This was a long time ago, uh, back in Oakland, after my first wife, after she passed away. It was me and my and my my daughters. And I started getting this bizarre illness, whereas I couldn't swallow. And it was getting worse and worse. And I'd swallow and I'd feel this pain, but it wasn't like a sore throat. It was really scary, really just scary. I'm thinking, well, nothing can happen to me. You know, I'm all the kids got. Nothing can happen to me. And I asked them for help. I said, I can't have this. This has got to go away. And I've used those words before. And I'm lying down in my bedroom. Um, I'm not sure how long ago, how, how much time it elapsed between me asking that and this happening, but I'm laying in the bed and I awake to this incredible humming around my head, um, which is the first thing I thought of when you uh, mentioned your tube experience. I had mm-hmm. this humming around my head that was pretty loud, but I wasn't scared. And um, I got up and I was 100% fine. I didn't have any more problem swallowing i have no idea what it was i was too scared to go to the doctor uh, for fear of what they might say but that was kind of like what you're talking about a little a little bit you never know when they're gonna you know pop in and say hi yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i I didn't appreciate it i was mad well it's not it's not well they're not always the most courteous, you know. They're not you know it's not like a Hallmark card. They're not always the most yeah, courteous right. critters. But I have to I interject this right now uh, because this is just really uh, cool slash odd, which is kind of the story of my life. Um I live in Taos, New Mexico, been here for about a little over seven years. I encountered one of these once and this was two or three years ago. I haven't had any of these. Well, just before you, I get on the air with you, I let my chihuahua outside. Well, what is sitting on the floor inside the house? How it got in, I do not know. A praying mantis is sitting <gasps> on the floor just where I'm letting the dog out. And I'm going, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now telling you this. Me too. I'm, this I'm, happened, uh, I'm this shocked happened. right now. No. This happened 15 <laughs> minutes ago. And I'm going, and I said, hi, little buddy. And so I, I, I put it on a stick. I got it to go on a stick and put it outside. So it crawled up on the screen door outside. And they're beautiful little creatures. And uh, my dog's outside. Of course, now my dog's perplexed. She won't do anything. So I bring her inside. And I go back out, and there it is. And I'm just looking at it. And uh, I come back out again. This is like 30 seconds later, maybe, and it's gone. It's nowhere to be seen. And they're not that fast, and it is nowhere. Um, this just happened right before getting on the air with you. Yep, because they're here. Oh, they're old. Oh, they are, they are here. They're here in in, right. in math. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, not, it's not one or two of them. They are they are here, and I found the. Uh, 
and interestingly, before that, I was listening to the soundtrack to Communion. Now, I, I like because I love that sound, and you know, just to get into the groove and everything. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to CCR, Born on the Bayou. I'm sorry, I couldn't make that out. I was listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival, Born in the Bayou, just before I got you. You can't get any better than that. Good God. I know, that was my group thing. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get, oh, my I, God. I, different group things. I got different group things for different. Some Casey and the Sunshine Band can be a group thing. Uh, oh, that's right. That's on, right. Yeah, and what I'm doing. And in this case, uh, I did that. And, and I always kind of... I've done, you know, radio shows before. It's been a while, quite a while. Actually, since mm-hmm. I've done a Taos for the past seven years. Um, I always uh, ask, I always tell them, I close my eyes and tell them uh, that I want to do a good job and represent them and uh, that they're there with me while I'm doing this. And I've done that every time. I've been on sightings. I've been on a couple of, remember the old TV show sightings? I was on that and a couple other things. Yeah, and I was in a couple of other things, and before any of those, for all these years, I've done that, and so it, it, it's just something I do. But I've never had the praying mantis before, and that was just cool beyond words. It is. Uh, did you take a picture of it? Of course not. No, I. You know, and well, that's I never, what I went out for. I never. Last... I know. I never think to take a picture. Really, I, so many extraordinary things happen, and I never right. take a picture. But him showing up. It's kind of uh, extraordinarily meaningful to me too. I'm a, I'm scared of them though. I'm scared to look at them. Uh, no, they're cute. I think it is extra. Uh, and you know, the funny thing is, you you say that. I went out the last time. The reason I went right back out was to take a picture because I realized, damn, I didn't take a picture. I've got a picture yeah. of the one I saw a few years ago out here, and he stayed here for a long time. He I don't know, he or she stayed on the wall for a long time. And I went back out that last time uh, this evening to take a picture. And lo and behold, little bugger is uh, gone. Probably told me I didn't hear your message. Bye. Yeah, that was it. This is a short little uh, message. but Okay, why don't we go start at the beginning. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners, where did you grow up, Kurt? Grew up in, in Oakland, actually East Oakland. Not the hood hood part of Oakland, but close to the hood. It was the mini hood. Um, that's why I tell everybody these guys, listen, they'll show up anywhere. Um, uh-huh. I grew up in East Oakland. Uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was very young. And so it was just me and my mom. And it's an important part of my encounter actually is my mom was my best friend still is of, of my entire life. And, uh, I mean, we were incredibly close, you know, I was, I, I am, I've always been incredibly protective, which is something you'll also find in common with a lot of abductees. We all have so many yeah. in common. We're very, very protective of friends. I mean, anybody messes with a friend of mine, it's worse than bothering me. Uh, you know, that's, I just don't get along with it too well. And that's an important part of the, of the catfish story. But anyway, that's where I grew up. Grew up in East Oakland. I uh, grew up loving baseball. I wanted to be a baseball player. Uh, got to high school. I got into acting. Uh, although this, I think the encounter may have been, because it's a little hazy exactly. Because, yeah, that's a few years ago. Um if it was before or after the term play this happened, I tend to believe it was apt after, but um, that was my life. I was just a normal kid. I played baseball and, and basketball, ran track, um, big in the sports. You know, lo- I live, I live for sports and uh, you know, face girls. And that was, that was me in high school. I was just your normal, 
normal kid, and I had interest in uh, in the paranormal a little because my mom had stuff happen. And looking back on it, I'm ninety percent sure my mom was was taken um, because you know this does go through families. This is not yes. a unique thing. And I'm almost positive my mom was. My dad, I'm not so sure, but he has tendencies or had tendencies. They're both passed away. I had tendencies to make me think maybe he did, but I'm not sure. But my mom would tell me the story of on the roof she heard a lion roaring. And she was dead serious. My mom would never lie. My mom was the most honest person I ever met in my life. And I used to think, well, that's interesting. And now looking back, I know what the lion was. <laughs> it wasn't a lion yeah. Um, but anyway, it's like, uh, a, it's like a cover story. I heard that that's what it is. It's, it's one thing, but it's really another thing. Yeah. Screen memory. Yeah. That's, yes. that's, that is what they do. They are very good at covering their tracks. That's why a lot of people ask me questions and I'm sure you will. And I'm, I'm dead honest. If I don't know the answer and there's so much, I don't know the answer to, I, I just have no clue where my little critters are from. I, I have no idea. I don't know if they're from down the block or they're from, you know, uh, a little further away. I I do not know. I tend to believe that they're uh, that we have multi dimensions and that's where they are, and that's why the ships can come in and out. They can come in and out. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm getting incredible <laughs> feedback. Are you hearing that? Uh, uh sort of hear it. Now it's gone. Um, okay. That Just was keep, it. Keep, yeah, keep pushing forward because what's happening is because we're both experiencers, uh, right. I find that we have a lot of interference, so we just got to keep pushing no matter what they're trying to do to well, us. Well, we do. Well, I always bring it up just because it's interesting and also for the listeners to know. Yeah, oh, it's not the first time I've had interference while talking to another experiencer. Anyway. Know, it's uh, a, yeah, it's the energy or whatever. I don't know what to call it, but it's interference. Yeah. It's interference, but, you know, hey, what the heck. Um, in a football game, they have interference. Keep going, so that's what we'll do. That's it. I, uh, so, anyway, grew up there, and like I said, everything, I was just a normal, run-of-the-mill guy. Turns out through hypnosis, this may not have been my first encounter, but for all intents and purposes, I kind of rely on it as a life changer. Um, it was uh, a warm summer night, and uh, it was in the middle of the night, and I woke up hearing these cats howling and it's funny it's a long time ago and i can remember like it happened two seconds ago um i hear these cats howling but they sound like they're like a million miles away it's just this bizarre meowing uh, i had a window my window was open with a little screen you know those old screens i used to have uh, i'm dating myself here and i uh opened the window took out the screen and hissed out the window. For some reason, I spit. Don't ask me why. But it stopped it. Stone cold silence. These cats stopped. And uh, I came back in the bedroom, shut, you know, put the screen back up, and I could still feel the, I had red, red, uh, like velvet, or what was that kind of uh, carpet that was so popular then? Anyway, it was bright shag. red. Yes, that's it. I had bright red <laughs> shag. Red shag. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I was a stolen disco kid. I mean, yeah, that's I was cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm feeling that I could still feel on my feet, like yesterday. Yeah. I stand up, and instead of going back to bed, which you know you're generally going to do in the middle of the night, I walk out my bedroom. I turn the door handle. 
go out into the living room. It was a pretty big old Victorian house. Not in the greatest shape, but it was, you know, to me, it's, it's a house of my life. And that's where I was, you know, spent most of my life. Anyway, came out. I looked down through the kitchen, through the hallway, the back hallway that led into the six-pane window into the backyard. Next to this was where my mom slept in the back of the house. <clears throat> anyway, I'm looking through this window, and I see what looked like a million sparks, just sparks, electrical energy. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, what the hell? This, this can't be real. So I look next door. And next door we had, like I said, it was an interesting neighborhood. We had a house of ill repute next door. So they were always open. I call it like 7-Eleven. And their lights are on. So I'm looking at it going, well, I'm awake. I'm awake. I slap myself in the face a number of times, pinch myself in the arm. And the next thing I remember for almost all my life is standing at the foot of my bed. I had a clock on the little table next to the bed. I turned the clock sideways. And I think I'm doing this so I know this really happened. And I climb in bed. And I'm fine. I go, bang, right back to sleep. I don't know how much time elapsed. And I have my first night terror. This, is, this one was just horrible. I wake up, and I, this isn't a dream. I go out the front door, and we have this huge palm tree. And the palm tree is blowing hysterically. And I know I'm the only person left alive on earth that we've done ourselves in. And I'm like, oh. I wake up, and I'm just, oh, my God, I'm sweating. And bang, I go right back to sleep. Um, wake up in the morning and go about my business, and then I start remembering. What the hell was that? So that night we had a family dinner, and I remember my sister came over, and I told what happened. Oh, that's just a dream. I said, no, it wasn't a dream. This was the this was my first encounter with ridicule. Um, it was just a dream. I said, no, it was not a dream. I said, I can guarantee you. The one thing this was not was a dream, but I dropped it and generally speaking, dropped it for a long, long time, even though that's when the night terrors started up. Uh, usually big-eyed bugs would be coming after me, uh, which I still get occasionally. Big-eyed bugs chasing me. Uh, if anybody touches me at night, I jump up screaming. Um, if anybody wakes me at night with even a sound, I'll wake up screaming, and that still happens today. Um, so the benefits aren't all like, you know, peaches and cream. It's people that tell me they want to be abducted, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. try that. Yeah, try And I meet a lot of people that think it sounds so cool. And I'm like, not in a million years would you My want to My reaction, because why would you want somebody to sneak in on you in the middle of the night and drag yep. you out of your bed and you're powerless, you're paralyzed, and – it's, they do stuff to you that, that's horrifying, and they to me they look horrifying. And I don't. Well, do. I think people say it because they never experienced it. That's why they don't of get chosen because they, they want to go. <laughs> they don't want people that's to want to be with them. They want the other ones. I get. I don't know chosen people. I don't know what to call them. Yes. But, no. That, that's well. I don't know what we are. <laughs> I don't know either because. There's I mean, some thread amongst us. I know yes. because me and you had automatic kinship as soon as we started texting each other. And I have this with several people. And it's uh, not a million of us. There's this uh, pretty tight circle of people that are we are extremely attracted to each other and we really want to talk to each other. 
I mean, what's the point yep. of it? Now, do you know Captain Robert Salas of the Montana Missile Range? The Remember the nukes that shut off his missiles back in the 70s? And he's a, a big uh, speaker. The UFOs came over and they shut off all his nuclear uh, things. He's the captain of uh, nuclear uh, Montana Missile Range nukes. Do you remember this incident? You know, I've heard about it, but I honestly, no, it's escaping me at the moment. Well, okay, so his name is Captain Robert Salas. So I'm over there in Roswell, of course, at the UFO thing, and this man sitting next to me, and he says, do you know who I am? So I was looking at a trying to see his book from where I was putting, I was watching the books for the serial organization that I belong to, uh, a support group. Anyway, for for experiences, and I was trying to see what he was, uh, his books. And he said, do you know who I am? I went, who are you? I no. He was a very nice older gentleman. And it turned out to be Captain Robert Salas. And he was a pilot that was in charge of all those nukes. And I said, do I remember you? I said, you were the one that was when I first saw this. Now, I remember watching TV. Now, since the 70s, so I was young. I remember watching TV and thinking, maybe UFOs are real. And the whole time I was being abducted since I was a little kid. So I met him, and it turned out that we were neighbors. And over here in Hermosa, I met him in New Mexico. We're neighbors here. He lived in Manhattan Beach. I lived in Hermosa. And so we have been actually meeting me and him as wife. We've been meeting every chance we get because we're all the way in Ojai now. So we try to see each other, but it's very, but we have to see each other. So we call, you know, and do everything else. But it's it's very odd. You know, though, I, I've talked about this for for eons. The mm-hmm. what you're talking about, the attraction, the attraction is is unmistakable. It is it's like a magnet. When you meet one like yourself, um, mm-hmm. whatever our selves are, which is open to a lot of interpretation, but whatever our selves are, we know it instantly. And the yes. connection is, is, is like, like I said, it's like a magnet. And uh, after my wife passed away, I got involved with a woman actually in Sacramento, California, who was an experiencer. And where his relationship didn't go exactly the way I was hoping, um, the attraction was just incredible. I mean, it's like, and we had to be together. And that's not the first that, you know, it's been, I don't know, you know, obviously having affairs with everyone, but um, you know, when you meet somebody, because it's just this incredible draw. And what that is, is, uh, you know, it's the old question, you know, you ask a million questions, you get a million answers. It's just Mm -hmm. my, the, the purpose of my life, and actually for doing this, this show is, first of all, to get the information out there is my number one purpose in life, to let everybody know, you know, that like us, we're not alone. And secondly, for me to learn stuff, because, I mean, my, my, my mission is to try to learn and try to find out some kind of truth, because I just had a million pieces to the puzzle. I told you one. There's a million pieces to my puzzle, both paranormal, both ETE, if that's what you want to call them. Um, and I, I just want the answers and I don't know if I'll ever get them, but boy, do I want them. And one of the things I would love an answer to is why we are so attracted to each other. It's incredible. Well, it's like family to me. I think it's, uh, also, I think we can spot each other, but I can also spot a spot, uh, phony. 
You know what I mean? Yep. People are well, like saying they're they're pretty and from some pyramid. I'm just so totally uh, uninterested. It's very odd because everybody else can be interested, and I'll be looking the other way. Like, wow, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Just <laughs> I don't. It's just uh, there's a certain authenticity to experiencers because you really don't yep. want to have it. I I would rather. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be normal. If you're really trying to think about, because maybe if it's if it's wrapped up in our gifts, I don't know if I want to give it back. That's the the question I've asked myself most of my life. If I could go back in time, um, for instance, would I walked out of that room? Although apparently I had something at age three, but would I mm-hmm. have walked out of that room knowing what it would have done to my life? And I can't give you an honest answer. I really can't. You know, part of me is like, boy, I sure would have liked a life without the night terrors, uh, some mm-hmm. addictive problems, although never drugs. But I've known plenty of abductees who have had a lot of troubles with addiction because you, you, know, you seek an escape from it all. Um, but I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. You know, if I'm set back there in time right now and I'll say, sure, Hello. What do I do? I don't know if I'd go out that door or not. I tend to believe I'd go out the door. I'd, yeah, I'd probably still I, take the pill. I'd take yeah, the pill. I know. It's just, yeah, this is a, a question for the ages. Like, will we still go down that path knowing the pain and the, the thing that it would yep. entail? And yet the undisclosed, because I have an inkling that there's as more, the best is yet to come, but all of this has been preparatory for the future because I feel stronger now than I ever have because I've been kind of running and freaking out all these years, really. And I stopped running. Now I'm sort of uh, got my land legs, so to speak, and I'm I'm really trying to start a new kind of life, uh, not running on fear, you know, and learning how to sleep better. Yeah, you wouldn't be doing the show if you you weren't doing that. You know, I commend you for for taking that turn in your life because – you ain't going to run from it. And, no. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's the one thing I, I'm proud of myself is, is I did. I, I confronted it almost, almost right away. I read every book. Um, I got taken from the Oakland Hills or I taken, I got taken to the Oakland Hills, which is an area of a lot of contact. And I started going for drives in the Oakland Hill looking for them. Come on, come on, you little buggers. You know, that's not how it works, but you know, this was early on in my contacts. I'm driving up to the Oakland Hills, um, trying to find them. And naturally, I never did. At least I don't think I did. Just a, that, which is the you know hardest part about all this. You don't always know if you did or didn't. They're they're pretty darn good at erasing your memory. Uh, that little thing they and replanting false memories. Implanting false memories, but I have just memories gone. I mean, just yeah. gone. Um, something. And this is going ahead. This is going way ahead in the story. Should I go way ahead in the story? It's an abduction. Well. I was, yes, uh, I was going to ask you about, so go ahead, go ahead, go ahead with what you're doing. Hey, but this is, yeah, this goes, this goes along with the memories, because um, this is, and if anybody else has experienced this, oh my God, my heart goes out to them. It, it, it's, it's horrific. Um, I was living in uh, Henderson, Nevada. I had moved up there uh, to Vegas area, and I was living up there. At this point, it's just me and my, my younger daughter, and she was at school. And I was, um, how can I word this to our listening audience? Indisposed. Uh, 
How's that? I was indisposed, and I was reading a AAA guidebook. And I was looking at the back, an ad that said, A Bed and Breakfast in Trinity County. I can still see the magazine. I can still remember it. And this is a while now. This was probably about 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. This is the last real major taking that I can honestly remember, even though I'm pretty sure it's not the last one. It's the last one that I have at least this much memory of. Um, anyway, I got taken. And uh, while I'm gone, I'm showing my clone. I mentioned that to you. That yeah. I can still remember. We're, talk, we're talking clone. Bald, handsome son of a gun. Bald, <laughs> uh, you know, the Fu Manchu, the little thing in the middle. Clone. Same weight, same eyes, height, everything. And I'm showing a lot more, a lot more. The grays were there. I, I, that I remember. Um, and I'm brought back. And I'm brought back the same place I was, I was taken from. And I'm like, oh, my mind was a mess. It was like, I call it putting your mind in a blender and putting it on you know, frappe. Yeah. And I come out of the bathroom and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I lay down on the bed in my bedroom and I'm like, oh, and I'm trying to get my breath and I'm just, oh my God, I'm a mess. And I go, I got to get outside. I got to get outside. At this side, at this point, I'm remembering everything, everything, Char, everything. And I'm get out of the apartment. We're on the second floor. Get out of the apartment. Hot summer day in, in you know, Vegas area. So, you know, <laughs> it's hot. So I get out and I walk around the parking lot and I go to the swimming pool, real nice pool they had in this thing. And I'm walking around the pool. As I get uh, to the end of the pool and start heading back, I feel my memories leaving me. It was the most horrible feeling you you could imagine. I mean, I could literally feel like they're being taken out of my mind. The memories are leaving me. I remember the clone. For some reason, they left that there. Everything else. I get back to the apartment. I feel a little better, but I don't remember anything. Anything except the clone, and I'm trying. I'm pounding myself in the head, going, "Come on, come on, come on, come on! You, you can do this." And I can't. To this day, I, I can't remember anything. I didn't have any hypnosis people in in Vegas area or out here, so I haven't done any in a long, long time. Um, the, the footnote to that story, which is one hell of a footnote, is um, I went into the Orleans Casino, and I could say her name because she's given me permission. She's one of my heroes. I was in the Orlean Casino. I don't know how much time this was after that. It might have been a year. might have been six months. I'm not sure. I go in the Orleans Casino, I go and I'm at the race book. And I go up to the – and I'm walking by it. And Lisa, this woman named Lisa, says, hey, you, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. I looked at her. I said, I look around, me? <laughs> and she says, yeah, <laughs> how you been? And I said, well, I'm good, but I've never met you before. Oh, come on. Of course you've met me before. She said, you know, you were doing the horse racing tournament upstairs, and you came down here, and we met, and we talked. Remember? I said, no. I said, I've never done a horse racing tournament here. I do horse racing, but I never did a horse racing tournament there. This thing does, whatever this is, does what I do. And I, and I, it took me about 15 minutes, and she looked at me, and she said, you know what? I believe you. She says, you honestly have never met me before. Now we've become really good friends. Um, she's a friend of mine on Facebook. And uh, she is, to this day, she said, 
anybody questions it, come to the idea release and ask for Lisa. She says, I will verify what I saw. So I move out here <clears throat> to lovely Taos, and uh, I got a job. In a, in a, you know, I got off this job. But anyway, I got a job out here. And I'm living at the time in this kind of apartment out here. And I'm downstairs in the apartment. Well, uh, I worked the night before, so I'm sound asleep in my pajamas. I go to work. I go to work, and this guy that I worked with said, what the hell were you doing standing on the second floor of your apartment in your work clothes at like 7 a.m.? I said, what? I said, I was not standing on the second floor of my apartment at 7 a.m. The hell you weren't. I looked right at you. So that's two times. Another time while working in the same place, guy comes to work and says, he says, man, what are you, what are you doing here? He says, I just saw you at the corner over there. He says, I'm looking over and waving at you, and you're just ignoring me. He said, I was going to haunt finally. I thought, well, the hell with you. And this is a real no-nonsense guy. The last one, also out here, was about four months ago, not all that long ago, I go to the Smith's Grocery. And the woman says, what are you doing here again? And I said, huh? She says, you were just here, like, minutes ago. She says, you forget something? And, of course, I go right away, what do you look like? <laughs> and she just says, he looked exactly like you. I said, exactly? She said, yep, exactly like you. And I said, hmm. Thank you. I myself have never, I've never seen me. I'm, I'm dying to meet me. I mean, I, I'm dying well, to have this encounter. Okay. What it is? Well, it's because we do have duplicates or clones. I have seen my clone, and it started in junior high. That um, I would walk down the school, and I was really pretty new in school, but a lot of people would say hi to me. Hi, hi. I so I just say hi back, and. And then finally, I can't remember what name they were calling. I said, you know, that's not me. And they go, of course it's you. I said, no, it's not. So then you get your own group of friends, right? And they said, right. you know, there's somebody that looks exactly like you. And it's very hard. You think, okay, it's similar and all this other stuff. But right. then one day, all the girls in, in my grade had to be at the gym because they had to go through all these classes that girls have to go through. Anyway... So we were in the gym, and then my friends pointed to me. They said, look, there she is. And I turned around, and there was my spitting image. It was so shocking to me. I feel like crying because I saw her exactly like me. But I was able actually to observe myself objectively, which is the first time in my whole life I've been able to look at myself objectively. And I realized, you know, you're really pretty attract- attractive, is what I first thought. And then I was thinking, does everybody have like a a duplicate or whatever? But other people have seen me other places. But I think that one of our gifts is able to, we're able to astrally, astrally project ourselves around. I even project myself when I meet it into other people's dreams. It's pretty spectacular. That I've That's never what done I that. think it is. Well, actually, no. Once at a job I had a long, long time ago, I'd forgotten about it. You're rekindling a lot of memories. I went to my work, yeah. and a young man, and this was in, I was actually working in a metal shop, and I went in, and this guy said, man, he said, I had the weirdest dream about you last night. He said, you were a major league pitcher. And this other guy overhears it and says, I had the same dream. <laughs> that I was yes, a major league I, pitcher. 
Uh, oh, yeah. So um, there is something, it kind of gives me the chills because there's something to what I'm telling you, but I have a best friend that we've been friends. She was 17, I was 18. And we have shared dreams and shared actually abduction experiences. But, you know, we used to be, you know, I got sober like in 81. So I've been sober all my, practically my whole adult life. But that doesn't mean I wasn't partying and being out with friends and all that because she's my best friend. So she's been with me on everything, even when we were drunk and out of our minds, including even partying sober, just being, you know, out there because we love to dance and have fun and all that. But we have had dreams together and woke up the next morning. Do you remember when we saw that? I mean, really, we're being abducted together and remembering it's kind of incredible to have shared experiences like this because I've had them with Captain Robert Salas too. And we were at lunch and we were in Santa. We, he was from, we're OI. I'm over here now in Old Torrance. Anyway, so we met in Santa Monica and so we're down to this really nice place in Santa Monica. And uh, I was talking to him. I said, Robert, I saw you in my dream. And then I talked to him about what the dream was about. And he said, I've never told my wife about this. I'm like, oh, you never told her? He said, no. So I can't, I'm not privy to saying on air. However, right. there's stuff that happens and you see each other. In the dream, my heart went out to him because he was stunned. In the dream, he's like in a, in a day sitting there in shock. You know, and that's what they do to us. They, they, they it's not a pleasant experience. That's weird. No, it isn't, and I'm so glad because I, you know, we hadn't really spoken before this. We had messaged and all. No. And uh-huh. I, I was wondering. Oh my God! I hope she's not new agey, because uh, none at all. It drives me. Yeah. Nuts. And I mean, me too. not the new age people. Yeah, and I'm not knocking new age people, but when it comes to this, you know, the ones that oh, well, she was a Venusian princess, and she was this oh no. bullshit. Language. She, I think it's their language. I don't know what they're saying really, and I I don't understand them because I'm not getting that at all. Because mine is a real deal. You know, there is something if we can go. Because I wanted to remind myself to tell you about what you said earlier about something about the interdimensional. You think they may be interdimensional, because I'm very interested in brain studies and all that, and I have never been good at math or anything else. And I found out recently why. I was recently, after a whole lifetime of struggle, I did get my college degrees and all my certifications all that with a lot of work, you know, but I have ADHD, which most of us do have that too. But we do excel yeah. because we try, we try harder than everybody else, you know, but I yeah. found out that um, through all my frustration and hard things learning that there's a spectacular, you know, um, dang it, I forgot what I was talking about. What are we talking about? I, I'm just as bad, so we're in trouble. <laughs> Man, this is a blind, eating the blind around here. We were, so, talking, we were talking about uh, the dreams, shared, shared dreams and, and like that. Okay, so I'm very interested in um, – I, I'm not good at math, but I'm good at physics, like uh, interdimensional thinking and all that kind of stuff. So I love brain studies and stuff in physics and stuff like that. So I was reading this one study, and it's a recent study about our brains. So we we actually they discovered that we live in we had been brought up to believe in what three dimensions. We were brought up to right. believe in three dimensions. 
me like three. Okay, it's one dimension. Literally, I remember learning this in school and going to art class. One dimension, two. It's kind of a drag. Three dimensions. You draw your little box right. and all that. Do you know that our brain acknowledges eleven dimensions? How? Wow, I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I'm bringing it up. I wanted to bring it up before I forgot again. But right, 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 it's right. a little bit of information that how could we perceive eleven dimensions if we yeah. haven't been there? Because in my dreams, I've been shown right. something that that I don't even have words for. They showed some things to me, and I don't have words oh, for because there's no no explanation. Uh, you know, for you. go ahead. For what he's not, I said I'd use the same terms when people say, "Well, for instance, I have a, a really bizarre smell." And they'll say, well, what's yeah. the point? Well, well, it, it, well <laughs> that's the hard part. Because you're right, there's so many of these things, <clears throat> they're not part of our, quote-unquote, our reality. So you really don't have a definition for it. Well, plus, you know they're, they're, they're trying to make, hands. yeah, they're making a stick with three dimensions when that's, that our brain knows 11. So it's it's ridiculous. That means we have observed and learned in other dimensions, that's the real reality of the human, our human condition, right. you know, that we are perceiving something, you know, and I just had a thought, we have no idea what the other animal life is perceiving or no, what they look no like. Like we've been squished no, in some kind of mold that, that really doesn't really fit us because I think we feel it. Oh, of course, that's why we're so messed up. Um, because we're not, at least most of us are not doing what we're supposed to be doing or living the life that's we're supposed it. to be living. Because that's yeah. what came to you, and a message that came to you. It was like, tell, tell us that story. Yeah, that yeah, that was my, my second plucking that I remember clearly. I call it plucking. I got all these different terms. Um, mm-hmm. Was I was chastised for not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And you talk about a scary looking critter. That one was terrifying looking. And uh, yet he stood in front of like an altar. It was so bizarre. And uh, I was chastised for not doing what I was supposed to be doing, even though I came back still not knowing. Well, thanks a lot, pal. You know, what, what is it I'm supposed to what, and, and what exactly is that? You know, <laughs> give me a clue. You know, I can do charades, anything. Um, I don't know if it's doing well, what I'm doing with you, you know, talking about it and getting it out yeah. there. And like, you know, in my Facebook posts, you know how many friends I've lost? I'm sure you know all about this. You know, you lose a ton of friends. People think you're you're nuts. You're crazy. You're absolutely batshit crazy. And so many people, you know, I lost a lot of friends. When I first started coming out of this, like in my 30s, when I first really becoming open, and I lost so many friends um, that thought I was, you know, insane. And... It's it's just it it go it goes with the game. You know, if you're going to keep it tucked inside and live a life, you know, whatever, and never talk about it, you know, you, people will think, I guess, that you're okay. But that's why my Facebook page. I mean, you want to look at my Facebook page, you know, <laughs> what Kurt's into. Um, and I don't. I've never done it. I mean, out of all my years, I've been on a couple shows, magazine, book, bunch of shows. I've made about three dollars. So it's yeah. definitely not, it's, it's, rough, to, it's really, rough to make any money by this. It's not uh, it's I mean, not I, the I, the way to go. It says this must be well, this is it, one of this yeah. is our art. It's not our money maker. <laughs> this is for the no, art I, of it all. This is for the 
Yeah, kind of art. I mean, I, that's I don't I do it for for my own therapy, but I also do it for everybody else. And 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 what I the line I've used for eons when people go, yeah, right, uh huh, yeah, sure, you know, and I say, well, you get to know me. You know, have, have I held a job? Have I raised two kids? Uh, for like mm-hmm. 18 years, I was a single dad. You know, I raised two kids, and I've done a, a lot of different jobs. Have I functioned as society? Except for here in Taos, I had a million friends in Vegas. Taos one strange town. Um, but in Vegas, I had a bunch of friends. And I tell everybody, well, okay, it's one of, it's one of three things, because it has to be. I'm either lying, I'm delusional, or I'm telling the truth. It, 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 there's not many other options. You're either delusional, you've got a mental problem, or you're lying, or you're telling the truth. And if I'm lying, I'm an idiot because it hasn't exactly helped my life. And <laughs> I, I know I'm not, I'm not You know all this, and I'm <laughs> delusional. So it's well, like, yeah. Okay. okay, so this is – I'm a – uh, substance abuse counselor. I'm just on the. I guess I'm retiring. I'm in. I'm 68. I'm just on the. I've been doing. I'm a forensic therapist for uh, in custody, pretrial, and probation prisoners for the federal uh, system. And uh, I can. I'm a. Yeah. They. They, they hired me because I have an unusual knack. You know that I'm a good reader. And right. uh, my inter- so my first year interview was this, and uh, so I'm doing, I'm working, you know, the whole year. When I first got on the job, I was actually working in domestic violence and substance abuse for women, and before that was drug exposed babies. So I've been in the field, you know, all that long, along with being sober, along with working and doing hair and all that. So the first uh, inter- interview that when they hired me, I they said. Have you worked for this population? I said, well, you know, my most of my ladies are, you know, have, you know, been in prison and all that, but never just this kind of population. So I told them the absolute truth. And so they said, and it's mostly men. I said, well, I've been working with mostly women. I told them, they actually gave me the keys and walked away. And 15 years later, you know, I just kept doing it because uh, forensics is, is very fascinating. You know, but in my first year interview, they gave me the regular interview, which was really fantastic to hear about yourself in such positive terms, really. You know what I mean? Because uh, I have a fear that I'm a flake, like what you were talking about. <laughs> you know, there's always that fear, like, what the hell am I? What am I doing? You know? But anyway, so, so they said, now can we talk off the records? And I remember I put my hands under me because I was kind of trying to get to sit on my hands a minute to stay calm because I knew what they were going to say to me. They said, we're going to say the next is off the record. So they all, everybody laid down everything they had because they always have a big panel in front of you. And this, this was, I think there was two, the big boss, the medium boss, and the little boss was there and me. And they said, we're quite aware of your gift that you can read somebody in the first one sentence and all that. And then she said, not many people have that, and you cannot learn it, you know, and uh, you have it. So. Whatever you got, you got the knack. And I said, thank you very much. And it was weird professionally at the federal level to have somebody acknowledge that you have a gift, you know. And I've been able yeah. to read people. <laughs> yeah, I got the touch, man. But then I realized who knows where it came from. But I've had it my entire life. And it, and it, it relates also to my interactions with people. You're not a liar. You're probably occasionally fib. But I'm talking about you. Why would you... 
jeopardize yourself by saying anything about all this. Why bring it up? It's a crazy topic. Yep. You know, it's, uh, who'd, who'd want to turn themselves in as, okay, I've been abducted by aliens. Great. It's a good uh, life. Uh, I'd rather say I'm a mountain climb. I'd rather say anything else but this. However, I know, but this is what, uh, this is what we are. And if we keep denying this it, we we're going to be in bigger trouble. Because I'm actually feeling more comfortable I have, even in the last month. Go ahead. You know, it, it's funny. I have absolutely, I used to, you know, there's times I had doubts and everything. Yeah, you know, maybe. You know, uh, yeah, no. and, and when my, my first wife, who passed away, sent me to, uh, she sent me to the first uh, therapist, hypnotherapist. Hoping, you know, well, <laughs> this will all clear up. And trust me, I wanted nothing more. You're going to give me a little pill. You're going to rub my back. You're going to do the haba hokey pokey, and I'm going to come out perfect. Oh, my God, I wanted that so bad. That's all I wanted. I'm going to be fine. It's all in my head. Thank God. That's not exactly. <laughs> Here I am talking to you a few years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not exactly what happened. And, and I have no choice. I feel like I have absolutely no choice, whether it's they are something behind it, which is possible. Do I became like this, this blabbering idiot. I mean, I talk like any, to anybody. I will never deny it. I'll talk to anybody about it. Um, I'll never back up on anything I've ever said. My story is 100% consistent. Um, I say that most everybody who does stuff publicly it's going to make money off of it, especially, which I should uh, take a lie detector test. Um, yeah. Or some kind, or, or see the therapist or something, because nothing hurts us more than fakes. And they, I'm like, you, oh, they yeah. drive. They drive me crazy. Yeah. And I've got just, some big it, name people I think are fakes. I know. Me too. And it's so tedious that I've known people that actually have their doctor and their PhD lie, lie right yep. to everybody. I'm looking yep. at them and just thinking, my God, this is so bizarre. Why would you eat, wake it worse by lying or, or making up stuff? Because it's it's so strange as it is. I mean, even just because we do have so many, so it's, we're kind of ra- trying to put it into words as you know as we're talking about it. We're struggling to have these words for an extraordinary experience. You know, and then have people make up the stupid crap. It's very irritating to me because we need to get the bottom of this stuff. We need to get to the bottom of this stuff. I don't know if if they'll ever allow us to get to the bottom of this stuff, in all honesty, because I think they've been here a lot longer than us. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to allow us to really get to the bottom of things. We know what they want us to know. Um, Some of us, like you and me, know a lot more than most people and why we – I, I, I don't know. Um, I believe there are hybrids. Well, I think it. Uh, yeah, I think I believe too because I I have alien babies out there. I call them babies in space. You know, I had a hard time coping with that. That's why. Uh, do you know who John Mack is, Doctor John Mack? Yeah, I met him once. Oh my God, lucky dog. Anyway, that. Very that <laughs> oh man, really? Because. I really was having PTSD badly yeah. because of all the subductions. I was being yanked out of the house. I was hanging onto the trees in my nightgown. I mean, really, it was, my neighbors were seeing me, and I'd be screaming, help me, and they'd just be saying, I can't help you. And it really was ridiculous. So I wrote a letter to him, to, to Dr. Mack over at Harvard, 
because I thought if I'm really this sick and crazy, I better just talk to the best. So I wrote a letter to him, and as soon as I dropped that letter off, I was way into paranoia mode. I went, my God, they're going to come and get me. Like, what have I done? But I got a letter from Dr. Mack, and what a charming person. And you're lucky to have met yes. him, and he, he was taken yeah, from us too soon. He's a good guy. But anyway, God bless his soul. But anyway, so he said, I would take you in a minute because I believe you. He said, but uh, there's a, a, a woman, it's a hypnotherapist. She's starting a group over where you are in California, and I suggest you call her. So me, I hooked up with her group, and I've been going there ever since. It's Close Encounters Research Organization, C-E-R-O, Yvonne Smith. So she's a hypnotherapist. Smith? Yes, it's I Yvonne still Smith? So I guess, yes. huh? You Pretty know good. Yvonne Smith? How did, how did I know that? Pardon me? You know her? Do I I've heard? No. That's she's a she's wonderful, kind. Uh, she yes. must have heard the most outlandish stuff over the years from everybody. Uh, so many encounters, and um, but she's the one who helped me with my teacher. I never could get hypnotized. I guess I'm not. I'm. I don't know what. It, so I would actually be. It's not easy. Uh, no, I would be just comfortable enough to actually get relaxation techniques. Right. Because I can't be put under, and I'm just one of those that can't. So maybe due to my abductions, because uh, what it does is leaves us hyper. Uh, well, the, the, when you were talking about it, I was thinking hyper vigilant with our night terrors. So we watch. That's why we can't sleep. We're watching. Of course, the slightest bump in the night, the slightest sound, eyes open. What's that? Uh, you know, of course, that doesn't help to sleep at all. Uh, a lot of us have sleep. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Are you there? Did you just say that? Did you hear that? No. What? Did you just go, Arr. No, I didn't. Just keep going, okay? <laughs> just, that was a good, it sounded like a growl. I am not I kidding know, you. Just, a growl. And I thought, going. Okay, talking about, okay, there's something, no, I didn't clear my throat, but um, now, you talking, let's go way back to your first encounter, because I I wanted to say something that was very familiar, how old were you when you saw those sparks, you were speaking Uh, about sparks, do you remember how old you were? I'm guessing you were 17, 17, maybe, that's a ballpark, I'm guessing 17, could be 16, could be 18, but probably about 17. Yeah, when I was the same age. I had I was married though because I got married at sixteen, and uh, I was what? I said, "Holy smokes!" Okay, go ahead. I was a child. I was a child bride. Anyway, so okay. I was I fell asleep on the couch. What? There ain't none of us that have guests in their life that live live normal life, live normal life. None of us. None of us. Did you realize, okay, this is how strange my life has been. I was already driving a a three on the tree, you know, stick shift on the wheel by 10 with a clutch and a stick shift on the wheel by 10. Yes. I know. So at at 10 is when I actually first tried to leave home, but when I actually got like three blocks away, I realized nobody's going to hire a 10-year-old, so I had to go back home. 
I actually left for real when I was 15. I left for real, and I was I never went back again. I've never been home since I was 15. So uh, I ended up. My younger daughter did the same thing. My younger daughter did the same thing. Yeah, when I was 14. Yeah, yeah, you leave. So I was 14. I moved out of the house for 19 days. I moved into the backyard, but it started raining, so I had to go back in the house. Really, it's just. In upstate New York, I used to just live in the woods every day, all day, and it's just just very strange. So by the time I was 18, I owned a house, and we had three cars. I mean, it was, it's always I've always been like like this sort of I don't know how how to call it. I don't know if it's right or not, but it's my life. You know it, what I mean? So now I feel you, like I'm young. Yeah. yeah, it's me. So now I feel like since I did all that, now I'm starting all over again. I feel like I got younger instead of older. It's a very peculiar feeling. I'm the same way. I'm, I act like a kid. When I was in Vegas, <laughs> almost all my friends were almost almost all my friends in Vegas are half my age. I have very older. Very well because very, we're youthful in our we're youthful in our minds. But I think I'm getting rejuvenated too because I've had a lot of. Yeah. Things this year, but but I'm ex- including I'm a, yeah, a complete I'm ex- mental breakup a couple of weeks ago. I think I had like a I don't know what to call it. I don't know if you've ever hit a wall in your life emotionally. Then you have yeah. a big, huge uh, like you hit a wall and you crash, yeah. and that means it's time to either change or you croak. I don't know, but I changed. I'm a different person than I was a month ago. You know, I feel happier. I feel better. I was venting. I was very angry about certain things that, that in my life, but I understand things. And, uh, you know, yeah, and a lot of it has to – what? I flip in and out of that, feeling okay, and then back to feeling just um, – I'm not going to hear another word, miserable. Most of the time, I'm just, I'm just miserable. Um, okay. I know this you – know, where I'm living isn't where I'm supposed to be. I know. I know that. I, well, yeah, I, I have that. Yeah, I have I don't that. Know what I know. You know, I don't know. I've had a couple things happen out here that lead me to believe. Well, maybe this, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because you know, the funny thing is, and, and and I believe this. You never know why you're somewhere. Why you were. Why you're working somewhere. You never know what's going to happen. Um, I've saved a couple of lives in in wow. my life. And I think, and if I wasn't where exactly where I was, I wouldn't have saved those lives. So I always preface, I hate it, I shouldn't be here. Well, you know, that's just, that's your career. That's just you being negative. You're, you don't know. Maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. These things I've seen out here, I've seen, we haven't even got into anything I've seen out here. I've seen a couple of things out here that are just like, would send a lot of people straight to the padded cell. And. So like what? Well, first okay, of all, I want to know how you got there because you said that something happened and how you okay, ended up there. Right. Okay. In Vegas, and we got plenty. We got we got time. I mean, I got. I, yeah. I still want to go back and explain. You know, what when I finally got to go and remember what happened after I got out of the bedroom. But that's that that happened years later. I, I spent years not even thinking about it. But out here, <clears throat> I was in Vegas and I was in a show. I was in a horror show on the Strip, and. Um, Eight years I did that, and it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. I just, I, I adored it. I'd still be doing it. I would have died in that in that gig. Um, I was acting, which I hadn't done in a long time, and 
the, the director just gave me the break of a lifetime. And but I I think I was supposed to be there. I, I honestly believe I was supposed to be in this show, and it was on the strip, and I was there for eight years. And then, uh, well, the whole story. <laughs> I hop in the bus one morning to go down to work because I lived up the street, and uh, parking in the, in, in the strip's fun. So I just bust up and down the street. So I bust in my job every day. But this one particular day, I'm busing to the job, <clears throat> the show. And I noticed this short Asian woman that I had seen once before, um, briefly, real briefly, because she was real striking. She looked like Annie Hall. She was dressed just like Annie Hall from the movie, um, mm-hmm. with the exception that around her neck she had a cross that that would have made most people droop their necks. I mean, this was bling to the extreme. It was this huge wooden cross around her neck. <clears throat> and... She looked at, I get on the bus, she's staring at me down below, <clears throat> excuse me, and I go to the upper deck, which I always do. So I go to the upper deck, I get up there, and I sit down. Next thing I know, this, this little woman is whispering some incantation in my ear, and I'm just like, bloody hell. I turn to the side, she sees me, and goes back about three seats. I've got a picture of her, half of her at least. Uh, on Facebook, I leaned the camera out and took a picture. And went, what the hell was that? And I'm used to weirdness, but this was really weird. So the bus stops on Las Vegas Boulevard in Flamingo, and I get off the bus. Lo and behold, she gets up. She's right behind me going down the stairs. So I'm looking behind her, behind you, and I'm going, all right, all right, and we're going to have a little sit down. And that's a mob saying for, we're going to have a discussion. I said, we're going to have a little talk, me and this lady. So I get off the bus. Poof, she's gone. She's no where to be seen. I look. I go back. I'm looking in the bus as much as I can because everybody's yelling, "Get out!" Um, she's nowhere. So I get out and go to work. Blah 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 blah. Next morning, the very next morning, I get out of bed and I break my little toe. I mean, by 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 getting out of bed, put my foot mm. on the wooden floor and it cracks. And I'm like, "What in the hell?" And that whole neighborhood was incredibly weird. That's a whole other story. And I'm going, what the hell? So I got a broken little toe, you know, nothing to do about it. So I, I still go into the show. Within a week, the show had been going for eight years. Within a week, the show's closed. No notice, no nothing. Call the cast mm-hmm. in the morning, pull the rug out from under our feet, and we're all thrown on the curb. And I was devastated. I'm not going to lie. And I was, I was to tears. I would, it ripped me in shreds because this was, I loved it. Um, had a lot of paranormal in there. Which is another story, um, and actually, we're on. If you look up Madame Dussault's Las Vegas Ghost Adventures, we are a Ghost Adventure episode, and I'm the feature guest. So if you want to do that, you're bored, you want to look that up. Cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, they're neat guys. I like them. So anyway, uh, show closes. Char in the next two. I don't know. Two years, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Three years, maybe. Probably about two years. I apply at everything from a poker dealer, which I had been for 13 years. I was a poker dealer, poker manager. I've done everything you can do in poker. So I applied it everywhere, everywhere for poker. I ended up applying everywhere for you name it. I applied for it. Any job I end up seeing, I'd apply for. I had applied for 300 jobs. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, the casinos I do over and over. But uh, meanwhile, I ended up at a call center. God, awful horrendous job um, 
where they treated you just like dirt. And it was mm. just horrible. And I barely made my rent. Barely, barely, barely made it. And I'm taking the bus home one night, right? This is after the little lady does her hocus pocus. I'm taking the bus. I get off the bus over on, on Jones and Flamingo. Anybody knows Vegas is going to know this. Cross the street. And the most incredible sighting of my, of my entire life. This was the... If I ever had a you ain't imagining this, this is a real moment. This was it. Um, I've relived it almost every night since. And I look in the sky looking for it again, and I've never seen it. I'm walking down Viking, and I get to Doonville. That's how clear this is in your memory. And I look in the sky, and I see a bright blue light. And I'm thinking, yes, there it is. It's one of them. Yes. And I go, ah, come on. It's not one of them. Second in my head, I think it's not one of them. At a speed that, when they say they go fast, ha, ha, ha. Goes across the sky in half a second, if that. And I got scared for a minute. For one, for one minute, I was scared. And then I realized, oh, I'm not scared. I take my phone. I try to photograph it. He would not, or video it. He would not, I would not let me video. The video would go dead every time I tried to catch it. I got yeah. a little bit of something. I got a little bit of something, but it doesn't, it's not really nothing. So I get over to my corner where I'm living, and I'm looking at this thing in the sky. Shar, words can't express the beauty. Bright blue, it's going up and down the sky, up, like to the ground, and up, near the freaking stratosphere casino, where they have the big, you know, like huge tower. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And I go, I, I was rooming, actually, and I go inside, and one of my roommates was Dwayne. I said, Dwayne, come here, man, because he, he's all of my stories are crazy. I said, I said get out of here. He comes out. He comes out. He says, what the – you could fill in the next word. And I, and I start punching him in the arm because, you know, that's me. And I said, see, what did I tell you? I said, what have I told you all this time? What have I told you? And this thing's going up and down and up and down. Frank, a mechanic across the street, comes out. And he's a Harley Davidson, you know, pretty tough of guy. Sees it, and he's like, holy smokes. He says, you're telling the truth all this time. I said, yep. He says, they're here. I said, yep. Goes up and down, up and down. Stops. Just halfway up. Flashes the most beautiful red color that I felt in my heart. I can still feel mm-hmm. it. It was in my heart. This bright red, most beautiful color I've ever seen in my life. And it goes up and down. Lasts for about 15 minutes. Comes down. It's gone. I come inside and I'm crying. I'm not kidding. I go my I go my bitter news tears just coming out. Oh my god, what I can see. Well, because it didn't let, but it let you see it. It was letting it you let have you also witnesses. That's another thing. It let you have witnesses, yep. and that was a gift too. But you were because I had a, a New Year's Eve. I had an extremely bizarre incident with some lights at my best friend's nephew's place. Uh, um. I don't, I don't know if I can even talk about it, but anyway, it was a. I had an interaction with a light that appeared to be alive, and I was looking at it, and I'm trying to. I know it's so weird that I can barely speak of this, and that reminds me of that other thing I wanted to tell you about that weird experience I had when I was sleeping. But I, I think you're the only one that. Yeah, you're the only one I said because I haven't said it out loud yet. But anyway. Um, I was looking at this light, and I was. This is what I was doing. I was looking up, looking at the light, and it was, seemed to be alive or had some kind of thought process. So me, you know, I was looking at it, 
thinking, how in the hell can this be? How does it work? What is the mechanism? What right? What could be wrong? I looked where I looked him back to see if anybody was like running it, or there was nothing. No, it was just me and this light, and it was interacting with me, and it was intelligent. I said, could a light have a mind? I was thinking like that, like we would think. Because when we're in that suspended right. animation, wherever they send us, we're actually shown things that we can't hardly, com- you know, comprehend. So that's what I was doing. I was trying to figure out, what right. is this light? My friend Rosemary was on the dance floor. Thank God she just happened to look at me. She says, what the? She said, what is that light doing? I went, you saw that? I yelled. I went, you saw it? I said, thank God. She says, Charlene, that light is kind of interacting with you. I said, and she works for NASA. <laughs> She's a rocket scientist. <laughs> Me and her were on tequila back in the day. Now, I ended up in forensics. She ended up a rocket scientist. This is bizarre. She works on the satellites. So, anyway, yeah. but she saw it, and there, we are granted, I think, a witness once in a while, so we know that we're not totally nuts. Because how would I yeah. be able to explain to you Anything about that light, you know, oh, there's a light following me. No, it wasn't like that. And she saw it. So I looked it up. Does a light have a consciousness? I looked, I put that, I Googled it. Thank God for the internet. Because I looked it up and it said, there's only one, one excerpt somewhere in physics that said, light does have a beginning and light does have an ending. So we're, they're thinking that light does have life. And it was like profound. I said, I, it gives me the chills. I think I saw something that was like un, unknowable, unknowable. But somebody saw me it watching is, it. It you is. You ever heard of that? Well, that is unknowable? No, but I like it. I'm going to start using that one. Um, that's bizarre because, yeah, that's exactly what, what mine was. And mine. Okay. Yes. No, Go ahead. Well, I no, want to so tell I you before I forgot again, I was talking to my, okay, I was in my sleep. I was sleeping. And thank God that I actually, I think I texted it to you, I messaged it to you on Facebook that I was talking right. to myself in my sleep, which yep. is not uncommon for us to, to actually walk in our sleep to talk. I, I could talk in my sleep. I, I believe that. But this is what was happening, Kurt, really. And I'm not, I've never said this out loud. I was talking to myself about myself. I was saying. That's pretty interesting. I've never heard that happen. That's interesting. I have never heard of this in my entire life. That's why I'm saying this is a first, along with the light that had a mind, that I was talking about I have a neurological kind of thing going on with my body, and I was talking to myself about it. It was, you know, Charlene, this is a neurological blah, 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 blah. Somehow part of me knows all about it. I don't know anything about it. But part of me does know something about it. That's quite positive. Quite positive. That's quite possible. I mean, we haven't begun to touch the, the surface of what we know. We're still cavemen. Oh, yes, you got that right. That's why, that's yeah. why I feel great just trying to get it out to their... And thank God you're receptive because uh, I was oh, actually talking about, yeah, yeah, because I was uh-huh. talking about uh-huh. me 
And, uh, you know, anyway, I, I'm, a, I'm going to the doctor, and I have actually found a brand-new doctor, and she's very receptive to she does. I never told her about all this stuff, but she knows there's something up, you know, because I have right. an unusual uh, blood chemistry. So that's another thing. Our, our blood, blood is always different from everybody else's, I noticed. Yeah. that's. I, I don't even know what mine is. Isn't that terrible? I don't know. Um, they won't tell me. That tends to be true that, yeah, we usually are a, a little, well, we are a little, just a little different, a wee bit off the curve. A, uh, a little different is an understatement. Now, <laughs> can I go back to ask you something? Now, you, I want to go back to that weird date you had in San Francisco when you said I you want a double that, date. Yeah. And stuff. Do you want to go back there or not? You don't have to, but yeah, I want to know of what course. happened because you said it affected your life, and I want to know, you know, what happened. Oh, it, it has it has drastically affected my life, and I don't know to this day to what extent did that bring the darkness in because I've had a lot of darkness. I've had a lot of light too, but I've had a lot of mm-hmm. really, really dark stuff happen. Um, anyway, me and my girlfriend, we went on a double date with this uh, our, our her best friend and her best friend's boyfriend. We went over to San Francisco, and I don't know if this was before or after being taken out of the home in Oakland. It's in the same ballpark. <laughs> anyway, we we go into the store, and I remember thinking how weird it was because I mean that's always packed even back in those days packed North Beach San Francisco a real dark area to begin with you know San Francisco interestingly what are the two most demonic cities in America ha San Francisco is number mm-hmm. one Vegas is number two ha and where have I lived so uh, across the bay from San Francisco but you know close enough so I go we, we go over and park in front of this building and I remember parking right in front and I remember even then thinking wow how the hell did you pull this off? Right in front of it, we pulled. And I remember it being black. The storefront was black. Um, I walked into the store. But interestingly, yeah, I was in love. This is my first girl. I was with my honey. And, you know, she wasn't into it, but she did know her friend was. And I walked into the store and didn't notice any of his surroundings because, you know, you're young and in love. You know, you could, you know, you could be walking in mud and be like, la-dee-da. So I'm walking into this store, and I get to the middle of the store. And I look up, and there's this round, lit dome on the roof of it. And instantly, like literally like a bolt of lightning through the top of my head, out my feet, I feel the devil, for one of another word. And I'm not sure there's a real devil or whatever. I know I believe in darkness. Boy, do I ever. And it was like, oh, you got mama seat. I turn around. I run out. I'm leaning against the car. I'm hyperventilating. My girlfriend comes out. She says, what's the matter? I said, what the hell is that? Like, she says, oh, it's a, it's a satanic story. I said, oh, it's a What? Her girlfriend, or her, you know, her best friend, was straight A, straight A student, probably to this day, probably a rocket scientist, straight A student, and you would never. I said, she's into devil. She said, yeah. I said, oh my God, lived in a nice neighborhood, nice house, and the parents, the parents were, you know, straight lace, and she came in. I never would have guessed. So. I wait for her to come out. We leave. And uh, to this day, uh, and that's about all 
of that really. Now, whether that has anything to do with the night terrors, anything to do with the darkness, there's a line in the movie. Have you ever seen the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yes. Great movie. Great movie. And near the end of that movie, the priest is standing. It got, I mean, after all those years, once again, tears started coming down when I heard the line. The priest says, once you see the darkness, real darkness, it never leaves you. And uh, I believe that's true. And I think that's what that's what Lucky Me got. A little dose of, and it for some reason it saw me in that store and said, there he is. That's who we've been waiting for. And uh, I got the zap, and it was truly the zap from hell. Whereas I may want to, whereas if I went back and you know we've talked about would you do would you do the abductions? Would you take out of your life? Now would I have walked in that store? Not in a million years. Yeah, I would never, ever, ever, ever walk into that store again. It was a, the worst feeling to this day. It's the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. It was just, I mean, I was terrified. And literally, I was hyper. Well, have you, have you, okay, since uh, to me, I think of it as a spiritual issue. Have you sought spiritual help for this? No. But it's, I mean, we're talking a long. I have thought at times about you know a, a cleansing or something, um, but we're talking a long time ago. Now, now, now bear in mind, I, I'm pretty good at battling it now. Um, this was about I don't know four years ago or so. Uh, once again, at that apartment I, li- I was living at out here. Um, and I'm there with uh, the woman I ended up marrying out here, and she's in bed with me, and we're laying there. And suddenly, you hear the walls closing in, like out of a horror movie. I mean, Charles, oh, just like oh, that, great. with all the walls closing in. And it was, it was even gave me the willies. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. And then, uh, who was to become my wife says, that smell. Now, I got a horrible sniffer to begin with, but I smell nothing. She says, that smell. I looked at her. I said, does it smell like sulfur? And she said, yes, it smells like sulfur. So I told her, I said, right now, you have to close your eyes. And anybody listening, this works. I said, you have to close your eyes. And you enclose yourself with white light. Like I, I would see it like, like a bright beam, maybe like from the ship I was on, a bright beam of like fluorescent light but only way more strong than a fluorescent light. You wrap that around your body, and it will go away. Um, I know a lot of you know real religious people call on Jesus, and maybe that's how I do it. I don't know. But it went away, like almost instantly. The creaking stopped. The smell, like, vanished. Yes. Gone, poof. Um, and that works well, for me. You could, well, you could, well, let's say if it's still, you have some lingering effects of what happened in that store, I would do a little daily practice, maybe even just five minutes of a little prayer and meditation or a pause for the cause. You know, just sit there and think about your ideal spot and your happiness and everything else because it can erode your happiness. It can t- make you angry. It can do – it can – it's like a – it's like a – it's a slow rust. That's the way I see it. It's like rust away at your like happiness. And that's exactly what it does. It tore my, yeah. my, 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 it tore it. I have a hard time talking about it. It uh, tore my, 
my life with my children apart. And we were, yeah, I can't, we won't talk about that. Um, okay. I believe, yeah, darkness comes in and it can do anything. I believe you know, 100%. You're absolutely right. Okay. This is, this, is why, this is why I'm telling you to take a, just only five minutes out of prayer or meditation each day. Even right. if you do the Native American way, which is sage and, the, you know, whatever your preference is and do a can just to uh, do something that's holy each day. Right. Is because uh, I have spiritual practices. I was baptized into the church, and I stuck with that because when I first got sober. My sponsor said, "I said, well, what do you do when you know?" Because my parents were not religious. My mother is now, but right. they were. They were. They didn't. I took myself to church when I was a kid. I just happened to be a little spiritual kid because I, I loved the way I felt when I was singing the hymns, and I went to so many different churches. I learned how to sing hymns in Cambodian. Believe it or not. So I come home from church singing in Cambodia, and my mother goes, what are you doing? And well, you know, I walked. I had to go walking distance, so I had. I went everywhere. But it gave me, I was a, a little kooky little kid, but I still have a home altar to this day, and it has saved me in many cases because I'll, I'll give you a couple weird things that's happened. So I'm on the way with an older woman who uh, is Jewish. She doesn't have the same faith as me. But she's, we were, we're best friends, you know, and I love her. And so I'm giving her a ride to a, a meeting that me and her are both going to. So I'm on the – there's a railroad track. So if you know this – I don't know. Do you know the South Bay area? A little bit, yeah. Like Santa, okay, well, Santa's Bay area? Well, nah. No, this is down south. This is uh, Los Angeles. So I'm going down a major, a major street. Yeah, I'm going in the major street that will take us straight to Santa Monica. So I like to take the side street. So along my left is a long well, train. There, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a long train of railroad tracks, right? So right. I'm looking on the railroad tracks, and here sits a big red train. That it looks like it's straight out of the 20s. I mean, it was beautiful. Red with gold leaf inscription. It was so beautiful. It was just parked on the track, the whole train. I looked at it, yeah. and I looked at the inscription on the door of the train, on the engine, and it said in gold, big gold leaf, 666. I said, <laughs> uh, I said to my friend, my lady friend, I said, lady friend, I said, can you tell me what's on the side of this train? She says, man, there's a big red train over there with 666 on it. I said, yeah, I just wanted you to tell me because I, I want to be sure I wasn't seeing things. Okay, flash right. forward to when I actually did an interview a few years. I've been doing this like five years. So a couple of years into my interviewing, I was interviewing a guy that was uh, investigating. You know, it's scary to talk about, but the real exorcist thing, the exorcist movie was based on. So he went right. to the real place where exorcism took place, and it it was a, not a girl no, in the movie, I don't want to say the name yeah, of the anybody. I'm too, right? I'm too scared. Yeah, I'm too scared to say it, but it was a boy, not a girl. Anyway, yeah, no, so he know. went in. This is what he went to that room and he was talking. He said it was ice cold in that room. They haven't changed nothing. They boarded it up after the, that exorcism. It really was a room. And they've never, they rehabilitated the whole place since this happened. You know what I mean? They've never right. touched that room. So, so you go in there. Right? I know, it's so it's so eerie. So he went in there, and he was recording stuff, and he's doing as usual. He said it felt very weird in there, very weird. And he was getting cold spots. It was strange, and he felt strange. 
And then when he was saying this, I'm listening to him when we were interviewing, and he said he, when he played it back, this is what he heard. He heard a sound of a train going right through the room. And I was oh. like, it gave me so, I know, it gave me such chills. I felt like I was going to pass out. I had to keep doing the interview because right. I realized, yeah, the devil does ride a train. You know, I mean, he doesn't roll, he doesn't roll around by himself. No, but how can that you find these strange? It's it's too weird. It's that, too I, I never weird. Really That's what I'm saying. That so is... to me, this stuff. It's, of course, you're not going to hear anywhere. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the one time and only. This is the real thing that really happened. That's why I have an altar. I burned a candle every single day of my life since I was little. You know, and I have you all know. my my sink, sink, my icons up there. You know, my candles, the right. incense going. But it's in my tradition, so it's no big deal to me. But it it, cher- well, it helps me when I go out. Go ahead. Well, you should. Well, especially since you're you know you're in contact with you know <laughs> strange folks like me. Uh, it don't hurt <laughs> to protect yourself. No, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So you got to. So right. what I do is uh, I look at it especially when I, I'm praying for others, I look at it and it just reminds me that uh, this isn't all there is. There's good stuff. You know what I mean? There's a there's a liar that will tell us this is all there is. Ah, you're no good. You're never any good. All this crap. And this is never going to be. This is all miserable. But you know what? Things are really beautiful. You know? And the, the way the world is... What? This is a speck of sand, what we see. That's it. What we see is really little compared to the the beauty of what Ah. is there for us. But it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual adventure. You know, all of it is is an incredible adventure. And it's just started. It's an incredible adventure. It's just started. Uh, sometimes I really battle with it. I mean, I have periods where I feel like I get so depressed because this will do it to you. And I mean, I just get mm-hmm. so down, 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 down. I have, I have to really work hard. More so lately, of course, you know what we're going through in the world doesn't help because if you've got any mm-hmm. empath in you, this is this is this is a brutal yeah. time to be alive. Um, and that's not helping at all. But I get these periods where just oh my god, I and I and I have to just fight. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll just be so down in the dumps. I got my little chihuahua next to me, and that always helps. So we always. Aww. Me out. Uh, me, but other me than that, too. I got a little. I got a little furry friend too, and she's you a little chihuahua. I never had them before, and now I like them. They're they're cute. I never had they're, they're nice. I never. Had, <laughs> I never had one, and my wife bought it home with a shooter. I said, I, I don't know. want it. Now dog. I know. I'm a big dog. They're nice little dogs. They're they're very faithful, and uh, this they're one is a one woman dog. I know. They're, they're yeah, I like animals people. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was going to ask you. I, okay. There's okay. Now I had a there's an incident where I listened to part of it. Is that you had a strange answering machine thing going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. If we had more time, I'd yank it out. I, Next, in the bedroom for a noise, and uh, it's it's right next to me. Uh, yeah, well, this is this is this is my proof, and one of the darkest encounters I consider it dark uh, that me and my kids ever had to go through. We were at the first apartment we were at in in Henderson, Nevada, uh, 
and came home one afternoon. <clears throat> nice, you know, nice, nice cool day, about you know, 105. And we came home, and and well, that's Vegas. And the answer machine's blinking. There's a message. So uh, I, I press the the message, and it's my daughter's friend next door saying, "Jamie, this is the name." She says, uh, "Just call in to see, you know, if you're home." She says, "And you have to change your message. That is so creepy." And we look at each other like the message had always been variations on a tune of my kids saying, "The mains aren't home. Leave a message after the beep. Then you'll beep." And that had been, you know, for a long time. So I pressed the button. I guess once again, it's like it's yesterday. I can feel myself touching the button. The first I play, I've played it a zillion times. And I press the button, and you hear different people hear different things. Some people have heard it say God is sick. Some people have heard it say the number is six. I, to me, I swear, I hear it say, uh, this voice talks like this. It says, hello, I'm sick. Hello, I'm sick. Hello, I'm sick. Then you hear this ring, ring, like an old English uh, phone. Remember from the old mysteries, you hear the yes. ring. And over that, over that is the, is the watermark, I call it for this. You hear our bird going crazy in the background. Our bird is going crazy in the background. So whatever this was, was there in the room leaving this message. This is the outgoing message. This isn't somebody leaving a message. This is the outgoing one, one you would personally record on your message. So, uh, you know, what the hell? So we press it again. Uh, my younger daughter has a friend. She says, he put it on a loop. He says, he must have listened to it a hundred times. She says, he just played it back and back and back and back and back and back and back. She says, he still can't figure out what it says. Now, to me, it's clear as bell. It says, hello, I'm sick. Um, so, it's just that's not weird enough. I take the machine out of service, never used it again, put another one that we had in, and I tell the kids, we're never using this again. I said, this, this, is, this is my proof. Here it is. Anybody questions, mm-hmm. am I lying about everything? Here it is. Most people, my wife will not, has never listened to it. Most people won't listen to it. So, um, the next morning, wake up. This is really creepy. I'm giving you a heads up. This is incredibly okay. creepy. What I'm about to tell you is incredibly creepy and very dark. My daughter, Jamie. Oh, God damn it. My daughter wakes me up and says, Dad, you've got to come out here and see the bird. I get up. I come out. and The bird is laying dead on the bottom of the cage with its eyes out of its sockets. God, and uh, and I just see it, and I'm like, oh my god! It's like a horror movie, like it was squeezed or something like that. I have. I told. I I I tell everybody this is this is a Twilight Zone. This is a movie and stuff. This is this is Stephen King can write it. My younger daughter gets up, and of course she goes hysterical because he's her bird. So I take the bird and get rid of the bird. and um, a little while later, um, we had two pet rats along with this. Um, and my older daughter wouldn't take care of the rat. They turned out to be really good pets. The little white rats are incredibly loving. So my, my younger daughter gets both of them, wakes up, and the, her 
sister's rat is laying dead in the cage with a little red mark. Like somebody put a needle in the side of it. And it's dead. Not that long after that, my daughter's rat gets a, a tumor and dies. Um, that was a little while after that, but not that long. But the bird alone is like, you got to be making this. Well, that's like a horror <laughs> movie right there. It's terrible. I have heard was, this, you know, on ghost, uh, like ghost shows where animals are harassed and killed, you know, uh, yeah. by whatever evil entity is there because animals are innocent and the evil spirits don't, don't like that. You know, they they object to animals. So that's terrible. I'm sorry for those. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was terrible, terrible yeah, for the kids. Was, for the kids in particular, luckily they don't remember much of it now, uh, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, another time good. in the same apartment, another time in the same apartment, I think I mentioned it to you. Once again, my older daughter wakes up and says, "Dad, Dad, come in the bathroom," and, and she had the master bathroom, naturally, <laughs> and uh, the tub is full within an inch of the rim, literally within an inch. That's a big tub. It's within an inch of the rim. Is this crystal? clear water crystal clear not like if you took a bath in it uh you know you'd have residue no this is like out of drinking water almost clear and i look at it i'm going what the hell so i go i better get i better get rid of it so i put my hand into it and i can feel it to this day as i put my hand into the water to get to the bottom to open that thing to let the water out it just was evil this water was ice, ice cold, evil, ice cold. This was a summer in Vegas, and we had horrible air conditioning. Ice cold water. Um, and I let the water out, and I proceeded to clean the tub up, you know, for about ten hours with with Ajax. And yeah. uh, that never that well, never this happened. Is, you know, uh, this is just something come to mind is that because um, I'm. You know, try not to think about those things too much, but at, in poltergeist activities, they do things like that. They'll do water yeah. stuff, they'll play with the animals and stuff like that. So it could have been some type of uh, haunting or negative spirit going on over there. I don't know. Oh, this, is, this, this whole town that I live in is haunted, except for the place I live in. When I moved in, I blessed it when I moved in. So I had other issues, you know. UFOs, men in black, abductions, but right. no hauntings. Because I can't, you know, there's only so much you can take, you know. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, know but way. every house I've lived in in this area, everyone has been haunted. Everyone. I oh, actually, yeah, you know how, you know how when you look on your your bandwidth, you can see everybody's name of everybody's bandwidth in your area. You know how you can see it, it yeah. comes up. One says the haunted house, and I, I know that it's around the corner. You know what I mean? Because their house is definitely haunted, because I, I live there. <laughs> I have I know, it's just too weird. So, anyway, yeah. so how are you doing on time? Are you, are you ready to take your break? Uh, well, are we, what are we going to go to, nine? Yeah, I'm thinking, let's see... I wanted to ask you one one comment because I was watching your stuff because I'm I'm very interested and you're a very interesting person. Is that um, you said <laughs> you were you were making a you made a a little strange film about you being in the beer aisle 
and yes. something happened there, and I had a different thing happen to me in a food aisle. And I thought it was so peculiar, but I was trying to think of why. Okay, tell them what happened here to the beer aisle. I, it was in Vegas, uh, and uh, me and my buddy, he went into the uh, uh, Blockbuster. He loved going into the Blockbuster. He was in Blockbuster. I said, hey, man, I said, I'm, I'm going to get a beer for later. So I'm going over to Smith's, which is right next door to it. So I walk over there, and there's this striking woman, striking young lady, dressed, dressed head to toe in white, um, standing in front of what I call the ghetto beer area. Go, yeah, I was drinking. I wasn't. The three years of not working won't help your finances. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm waiting to get a cheap beer, and so I will stand at the other end. I don't want to be, you know, I think I stand right next to her, so I go stand at the end, and I look over at her. Man, you talk about a horror movie. Her head goes to her shoulder. Like, we're not talking like, you know, like a little, oh, maybe she's straightening her neck. No. This was like she bent her head down to her shoulder at perfect parallel angle. Goes ahead. I'm like, oh, look at here. And I look away for a second. I look back. Gone. And so I go back and go, we, we have to inspect oh, God. <laughs> so I go back and I'm looking in, in the alley, I, the aisle right down adjacent from it. That was a long, long row. Nope. And I mean, when I say I looked away, I mean like for a second, but it shocked me so much when I saw this. And so I'm looking all over, I'm looking through the store, and she's nowhere. This, this woman is not in the store. So my buddy comes back, and of course he's pissed off as could be. Why don't I have this stuff, man? I'm with you. This is one of my best friends. And he says, man, I hang out with you all the time. I never have nothing. <laughs> he says, you have something? I'm, 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 I'm next door. So we actually, I found the manager of the store. And the manager is actually quite receptive. I said, hey, I said, I'm going to ask you a question because, you know, it's what I do. Have you ever had any hauntings in here? And he said, I haven't, but other people have. He said, it's just kind of weird stuff. And I, he said, why? And I told him what happened. And he just like turned pale as a ghost. He's like, he's like can't you get out of here quick enough tonight? So we That's leave. Right. We leave, and I go home. And um, I go uh, in my room. Like I said, I was rooming at the time. After my daughter moved, I thought, eh, I'll save money. So I room for a while. Uh, so I'm in the room. And the light in the kitchen was going on and on. And it was photosensitive, but I'd never seen it do that before. So I go into the kitchen, and I just feel it. So I come back into my room, and I know she's there. I know it. I know she's with me. I know it. And I told her, I said, I said it's time for you to go home. I said, you need to go home. So I, I asked her to follow me. We go in the backyard. And I told her, you can leave. It's safe to go home. I never felt her again. That's a hard, <clears throat> that's a hard story to tell. That's a, that's a real hard story to tell. I never, I never felt her again. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was so I'm in up. the store. I'm in the store. This is in Hermosa Beach. So I'm in the store, and I'm shopping. I can't believe what you just said, actually, because I'm about to do something. So I'm in the store, and I'm looking up on the shelf. And I cannot reach the freaking thing I want on the shelf. And I'm standing there very upset because I can't reach because, you know, I'm too short. I, couldn't, I can't reach anything. So 
I remember standing there looking up in frustration, like I can't, damn it, I can't reach that. And I was, I was being frustrated standing there. So here comes this man, and I can't even believe what you just told me. But here comes this man, extremely tall, like six, I don't know how, he was over six, six two, six four, I don't know what he was. He was right. dressed all in white. white hair. Also white hair. He looked like Colonel Sanders, the slimmer. He was so, such had a cheerful disposition. He came up to me and said, what do you want, miss? I said, see that right up there? Can you reach that for me? He said, I'd be happy to. Very pleasant. He reached it. He got it. And then I was so shocked. I thought he worked there. So I said, thank you. I put it in my car. So I turned around and thanked him. He was gone. He was nowhere in the store. Nothing. So I was, was trying to... Now, that was quite a while ago. That was before I moved over here. So that was at, at least, uh, that was 2012. But the, you okay. said she was all in white. See, I didn't have that detail until you just said the story. Yeah, no, she's all in white. But she looked like she was in trouble. This guy was more cheerful. He looked more like a no, Santa Claus was, type. Happy. He was happy. No, mine was a young woman who must have passed. I'm guessing that's what it was. Yeah. And she was just beautiful. I remember looking at it and you know, wow, you're really pretty. <clears throat> well, brief, about her, I what I think would happen with her, I think she was an alcoholic. Because I had a bad dream about this one time, and that told me what crazy. that meant, alcoholism, what it was. So she was I never sitting, thought of that. Yeah, that's what it was, because uh, I had this, this dream. And then we'll try to wrap this up here. I had the dream that uh, I was taken to a place that I guess I have never believed in purgatory or understood what it meant, but I was taken to a place like purgatory. And I was looking and watching as people filed into a bar. And so they go up to the front, the, the bartender, you know, they down a shot, a shot of whatever they were drinking. And they go to the back door. By the time they make it to the back door, they already want another drink, so they have to get back in line. And get started all over again, you know, forever, right. really. So they all get back in line, dude, over and over and over. And then I was shown a house where a guy would sit there. And he he looked like out of the fifties because he had like a jelly roll hair haircut. Right. And he would sit there and he's waiting for his family to get home. It was about five six in the afternoon. <laughs> he's waiting for his family to get home. Of course, they never show up because that was two, three generations ago, and he's still sitting there at 5 o'clock every afternoon waiting for somebody to come home, and then he starts crying. And then he shows up the next day doing the same thing over and over and over. And I I don't remember asking, I don't know so who took me there, because I never turn around to look to see who's taking me. Right. Once in a while, I have a feeling it's a guardian angel. If I'm being abducted yeah. by an alien, I won't, I won't look at them, you know, if I can help yeah. it. You know, but like purgatory is 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 that. So then I found out that's what haunting is. They keep showing up, thinking they're going to show up, and then they get disappointed, so they're going to try again tomorrow. And the same thing with alcoholism is that poor girl standing there because she can, wants to drink, but she can't. So your her literally your head falls off. Huh. And because she wants, she's, she's stuck. Oh, poor lady. Not anymore. I know. Thank God you, you let her free because imagine being stuck in the beer aisle 
for eternity. <laughs> Much less a cheap beer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. Man, you stuck in front of cheap beer aisle, you poor thing. Sheesh. So, oh. anyway, so we're going to wrap up this show tonight. I think we've covered just about everything. I appreciate you so much yeah, uh, coming on the anything. show. <laughs> I know we still have part two and three to go through, but we do. Um, well, I thank you so much is, for having me. It's a, it's, you know, it's been an incredible having you, and I wish you the best in everything in life, and uh, I really pray that you'd be happy and healthy and things turn around because I know you've been irritated as hell where you are. If you read my Facebook post, oh man! I do. I've been there, but for some reason, it just—I just said, "Man, he's cranky," but I don't know why that I still found it humorous. Like, oh man, you know what I mean? I try to find humor in most everything. Yeah. Try. Plus, so I think try. we're kind of taught bloom. We, I don't know, because I want to get the heck out of here too. This is—I'm not well, one for moving. I—I I move rarely, but I think—I uh, think my time is here now. Well, I hope I really hope mine is. But our next conversation, we're going to talk about the lady in black. And that's uh, what that I want to get to. Yeah. Well, okay. How much time do we have? How much time? Fifteen. Do we, have? we have fifteen this, minutes. Okay. Let me wrap. This is a great one to end the show. With. This is a great one, and this is we a did. hell of a story. This is also in the same neighborhood over there on Duneville and uh, Flamingo. Dark, dark, dark area. I moved in there. I had a uh, month of blood curdling nightmares every night. That, that area is so dark, and I'm not the only one who, who experienced it there. Anyway, so come on one night on the bus, get off the bus, la dee da dee da. Yeah, it's pretty late, 11 o'clock or so, maybe even later. And I'm walking down this, this street. Once again, I'm pretty sure it was Viking, walking down Viking, and I see this tall woman dressed head to toe. She wasn't dressed in white, in black. I mean, black, black, black. And she's standing in Vegas. Vegas is a very strange place. And you'd have this, this sidewalk, and there'd be there's these like little cutouts in the sidewalk, and they almost go into the yard, and there's a fire hydrant. Well, she's standing. There's a single young, well, youngish woman. I say youngish, standing, staring straight ahead behind this freaking fire hydrant. I, I, look, I go by her, I say, I say, oh. oof. I felt the creep from where I was. I, I say, good evening. Nothing. Keep walking. I go on. I'm getting my butt home, so I got him. I uh, go about a week later. Coming home, standing in the same place behind the same fire hydrant. I looked at her. I said, "Well, good evening," and she said, "Good evening." I go a little bit further, turn around. She is gone, 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 gone. She is nowhere to be seen, and there is nowhere, nowhere that she had gone could have gone. So I'm like, well, already then. Now, bear in mind me, part of me finds this stuff, as you know, part, you know, really pretty goddamn cool. So yes. let's go forward to about a month. And I go out with a friend of mine, and we're at the uh, at the bar. at the On the corner where there's like a little, not diner, but we were sitting at the bar having drinks. And we ate food and everything, and, and we're talking. And I, I, she was one of my really incredibly good friends in Vegas and uh, we're talking about stuff. She knew about my weird stuff and all. I mean, you didn't talk about it much because I don't think she really believed me. But we had <laughs> enough other stuff in common. We had to, and, and, and she was gorgeous. So I didn't hurt. So we leave, I don't know, 1 a.m. And she's driving me home. 
we get to the corner of Doonville and Doonville, and I live down, on, and it's a little, cul- a little cul-de-sac down there. So she turns to take me home. Who's standing right on the corner with a circle of cats around her looking but up did at Did your her. friend see it? Yep. She's, I said, there she is. It's the lady in black. And she goes, oh, my God. She's British, but I won't do the British impression because my British impressions are horrible. She says, oh, my God. I said, yep. I said, I told you. A circle of cats around her. This is out of this is out of Hocus Pocus. This is bizarre. So drops me off. You get a hug. She leaves. I get a phone call from her within a minute, two minutes. All I get is static on the phone. And I'm, hello? Hello? Uh, her name. I say, hello? I hang up. She calls back again. Static. Nothing but static. I'm like, hello? And I can hear her hysterical. She's hysterical. So she hangs up. I call her back. Well, I get through. And she says, Kurt? Kurt? She says, oh, my God. She says, oh, my God. I get goosebumps telling me the story. She says, oh, my God. She says, I'm coming up the street, and there's a circle of cats, and they're looking up, and she's gone. <gasps> the cats are still in the circle looking up, and she's gone. She says, she's in the car with me. I know what I said. Calm down. She's not in the car with you. Now, did I know she was not in the car with her? No, because something was causing the static. But I'm you know, trying to calm her down. No, it's, I'm going to stay with you on this phone until you're home. I'm going to stay with you on the phone until you're in your bedroom. And so she got home, went in the bedroom. And you know what? We never went out again. <laughs> That's it for that relationship. <laughs> that was yeah. I know. That was it. That was it. I was, uh, it was horrible. Well, I was way, I was way too old. Yeah, I was too old. We were just good friends. <laughs> but still, she was. I had so much but fun still, with her. Like, oh, she was. I know. She deleted it. He deleted and blocked me on Facebook, and we were like, oh, "Yeah, because they'll, they'll do that to you." One girl was doing her hair, right? This, I've had a lot of strange things that people just shut me down like that. One girl was doing her hair. I've been doing her hair for years, and I, but I had been coming aware of this alien contact thing. You know what I mean? I just happened to bring it up because everybody talks about everything. I didn't think it was such a big deal. I said, "Do you have you?" ever seen a UFO because I had seen a UFO with my best friend. We saw me and my best friend and my sister had seen an actual UFO flying fairly low over the 405 going another direction. We were in the slow lane. We definitely saw a UFO flying very low about the size of a Volkswagen. And right. I, I told, she said, you saw a Volkswagen? I said, yeah. Who's doing that? And she said, "Can I, I have to tell you something. I said, what? She said, if you saw a UFO uh, I believe it's catchy, and I'm never coming back again. She never did. I never did her hair again. <laughs> just for a story? That was like the minimum story I had. Who treated you a food disease? It's what a ditcher. That is. Hysterical. Getting ditched for a UFO, but I have a lady in black, and so we'll end with a lady in black. So uh, there was a knock at my door, and this is in Hermosa. This girl standing there, and she was like from another era, though. Possibly, right. I I, I yep. just looked at her. I looked up and down, totally in black. She had these black chunky uh, velvet shoes on, a totally black dress, black tights. Her hair was straight, kind of a reddish brown, 
one hair was out of place because I noticed the oddest things. You know what I mean? So I was looking at her. I went, yeah. And she said, I wonder if you can help me. And she said, my boyfriend, blah, 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 and I have to go see him. Do you mind giving me a ride? And I was one in my mind I was going testing one, two, three. Like, <laughs> I said, how did you see my house from the street? Because I was set back. You could not see my house from the street. It was an almost the setback, like you would see a duplex, but it was also right. set back and it was up. And you couldn't see over the edge anyway and behind a bush and all. You could not see us from the street. I said, how did you find this place? Oh, I don't know. I was looking up the stairs. You, it seemed like a friendly place. I go, all right. I, I'm game. You know, and this is when I just first started, you know, knowing there was odd stuff like happening in front of my face. Mm-hmm. She said, you, can you give me a ride near Santa Monica? And I went, okay, I'm game. I gave her a ride because that's the way I am. You know what I mean? So I wanted to see how far she was going to take it and what was going to happen. So I drove her to Santa Monica. She wanted me to let her out in front of a busy thoroughfare. I said, you sure you don't want me to drop you off in front of the door, which I knew she didn't want me to do. I said, no, you don't have to. And then I realized in my mind's eye what she did. She got me away from my house long enough. So whoever, the men in black or whatever, can look through my house and do whatever. They just wanted me away from the house for a minute. I was, could have kicked myself. I was in like some kind of trance. You know what I mean? But I had to, I, I know I had to accept the challenge for some reason. I, right. I don't know. Plus she needed a ride. <laughs> I'm not gonna, if somebody needs a ride, I'm going to do it. You know, but right. it was a woman in black and I remember those shoes and she didn't have one speck of dirt on those shoes. And you had to actually, it would be the beach, near the beach, there's sand all over everything. And I remember noticing that, and that's why I didn't believe right. her story. And she didn't want me to call her, oh, no, he won't pick up the phone. Really, it was all suspicious, so I did it anyway, out of curiosity. Well, <laughs> that's me. I probably won't pick anybody up, but I'm a big guy. I probably won't pick anybody up, right? Not in this day and age, but um, I understand why you did it. Yeah. It was like a, a very good, especially she came out of another world. She she actually stepped straight out of the sixties. Round-toed shoes, thick thick heels. All, her shoes were velvet black, black tights. People people do not probably dress like that right now, but it was a very right. it, the, out of place. Out of place at a time, and at the beach that was ridiculous, but. Anyway, we've had an extraordinary conversation. We did it. And it could go on forever. And you're welcome back on the Paranormal Sacred anytime. Anytime. (laughs) And uh, we'll carry this on for the next time because we'll never run out of stuff to talk about. And I'm glad we could cover so much. And um, I want to thank you, Kurt, for being so open minded and honest with us. And. You know, this really helps people because the people listening, they want to they want to know are they are they nuts? Uh, is it because a lot of this is all mixed in together? They don't. They, is this religious experience? Is this a UFO experience? Is it, you know, a lot of it's all a mix. It's a mix of all different kind of things. It's not just yeah, one it's thing. It's a real mix thing. Well, thank That's you. That's why we can't put me. our fingers on it. You're very welcome. It was an honor to have you on, and uh, I look forward to your friendship. And uh, God bless you in every way. And you got uh, that for life. Thank you. Take care of yourself now, Kurt. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. So that was Kurt Maine. 
And you can can if he'll friend you. I'm not sure if he will or not. It's Kurt Maine, M-A-Y-N-E. You can find his stuff on uh, YouTube. That's where I found uh, a lot of his little videos he puts. And it's, he's an actor and, and quite funny. And uh, we just have friended each other for who knows why, but I really have followed him. And I, I really think he has a fantastic story. So next week we have a, yet another speaker. And it's Eric Perry. He's an author, a paranormal uh, experiencer, and a heavy metal dude. So I look forward to actually speaking with Eric Perry next week. And I want to thank uh, our speaker, excuse me, once again, Kurt Maine. God bless you. I keep you in my prayers. And I want to tell everybody that's listening tonight, Really, just remember, remember, you're never alone. God loves you so much, and don't worry so much. You know, there's a lot of weird things going on in the world right now. I know that uh, our shit's down strange. People are acting crazy all over. I went out there a few times this week. You know, people in California are kind of laying low and sticking to themselves, which is cool with me. I don't care. But uh, I know it's strange everywhere, so I want you to stay well, stay healthy. Uh, if it's so ordered, wear your mask. I realize that uh, I get the flu every year this year so far because I'm wearing a mask and doing all these procedures of uh, hand sanitizing before and after I've seen everybody. I haven't got the flu this year. So really, this, uh, this is like uh, a double blessing. You don't have to get sick. You don't want to get the corona. And you do not want to get the flu either. So uh, I just want to remind everybody, stay safe, uh, stay home if you're supposed to, and God bless you and stay well. And uh, my prayers are out to you if you have been exposed and aren't feeling too well. And uh, just God bless you. Remember, we do have uh, the Sunday, our Sunday, Sacred Sunday, and we are on Second uh, John. And uh, chapter one. And that's going to happen on Sunday. So I will see you soon. God bless you. Love you. Bye bye.